0: They had all these doctors go in, all the nurses doing compressions and everyone's moving and everyone's communicating and everyone has a role and everything was just smooth. Everyone knew what they had to do. But there was at least 20 people in that room. Like, how beautiful that 20 people are working together to save one soul. That's when really, like, medicine changed perspective for me again, it was in that moment at ICU. And that's when I knew, like, as a nurse, I need to pray for my patients. I need to pray for their families. A hospital is a place of holiness. Welcome to Val Doco. I'm Megan Dang. I'm Amy. I'm Vicki.
1: And I'm Father Steve. Got the whole fam here. Yeah. Welcome, Megan. <laughs> Megan from Louisiana, New Orleans. She's. Can I say she's the number one fan? <laughs> you gonna make her into her fight. fight. I know.
2: Number, number one, one or two. Two. Yeah. She like, probably is number one. Why so are we number pretending? One? Number yeah, one. Sorry,
1: Co number yeah. one. So my mom's number two, and then down the list, I don't know who else. That's it. Oh, Those are all the listeners. Oh, you oh, just oh, look at. Oh, cool. Listen,
2: I was like, well, <laughs> sit them all. Hi, everyone. Little, just three people out there. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so we're we're starting Advent Advent season. So Advent, when we uh, release this episode, it's to, well we're recording on Wednesday, and the first Sunday of Advent is coming up. So we're inviting different people on, uh, different members of the Legion family, uh, sister, brother, priest, um, yeah, different people just to speak on SLM. the Sundays. Yeah, yeah, SLM, yeah. Legion lay Missioner. just to kind of speak on the, the gospel, different themes. And so we were really happy to have Megan come on and kind of share her story. Um, And it's been a long time coming, but uh, thanks for joining us, Megan.
0: Thanks so much. Um, It's been a long time coming for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was like a Taylor Swift fan. (laughs) Anyway, hi. I I am so excited to be here. As a longtime fan, day number one, it's a real (laughs) honor to be here (laughs) and to finally listen and and talk and to be with you guys um and i'm not in my car listening to y'all so that's fun yeah
1: you can give a shout out to yourself
0: yeah actually, when you <laughs>
1: listen when you listen again <laughs> you <like>
0: <laughs> i actually probably will not listen to this one <laughs> <laughs> i will have to skip
2: let's play, <laughs> play through though that way it also says played
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so you get the you get the you know
2: thanks yeah, yeah. we need it we need everything we can get
0: yeah we can do that for you <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a real honor.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being open to to share your story. Um maybe we could just kind of start with with an introduction. Just kind of where you're at, who you are, just a little something for for everybody to get to know you quick.
0: Yeah. Um I'm Megan Dang. Hi Megan. Um I'm from New Orleans. I went to Academy of Our Lady. I graduated in 2013. Wow. <laughs> I know. 10 years. It's about 10, ten, ten years, years ago. Yikes. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, I went to LSU and studied biology. And then I graduated in 2017. I am now a nurse, full-on nurse. Yeah, And Yeah, I know. Working at Children's Hospital in New Orleans in the emergency room. So I see some sicky kids, but... Yeah. They are great and they go home feeling great. So I really like my job. Um, and I'm getting married very soon. In yes. two
1: it's two months. Pray crazy.
0: For me, yes. Pray for me, everyone. Um, and yeah, I think that's it about me so far.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Good. So at least now we know a little bit something. And so we're going to read the gospel, right? So we'll read the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, So we'll read the gospel, and then we kind of chose, actually Amy went through and uh, selected a a theme for each of the Sundays, and so um, this theme for this Sunday is discerning one's work, discerning one's own work, or how to, the fact that we have to work, we're given a job, we're given a mission, and uh, how to do that, uh, but still living the faith, and how do you choose, how do you figure it out? Uh, so, Megan, you had a long, long road that you're going to share with us on how you finally ended up as a nurse. Um, but first, let's just kind of place ourselves. We know God is present here. And so we'll just listen to this this Sunday's gospel.
2: Jesus said to his disciples, be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work and orders and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch. Therefore you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all. Watch.
1: And so this is from the, the Gospel of Mark. Um, and... Again, Amy just kind of chose that one that one verse of it's like the the man traveling abroad he leaves home and places his servants in charge each with his own work um and so really at yeah, discerning this this call and the discernment of what are we supposed to do with our life and how do we know where to go and and kind of go through all the ups and downs so maybe we could just start with that kind of starting your if you could just share your journey megan on um Okay, going through high school and maybe those first moments of you started to figure out, I want to try this, I want to go in this direction, and um, yeah. So just kind of give us a, a run through of of the journey.
0: Yeah. Um. So in high school, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be someone that helped, and I knew I liked science, even though it was challenging. And that if I ha- if God gave me the gift to comprehend these hard things. Um, why not use it to help others? And so I was like the best way, like, I want to be a doctor. And, um, in high school at Academy of Our Lady, when I was there, they which started, is a,
1: which is a Salesian school, right? A, a Salesian, Salesian sister school. school. Yeah, it
0: is. It is FMAs. Go FMAs, FMAs.
1: Good old FMAs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, they started a health sciences, like major which is pretty cool. And they still have it going on today. So I was one of the first students to ever do it. And, um, you know, we learned about different healthcare fields and we got to intern at the nearby hospital. That's like right down the road. Very cool. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to make them smile. I want to help them get better. And so that they can live like happy, holy and healthy lives, you know? And so funny thing for like superlatives for high school, it was like most likely to become a doctor. Megan Dang. Yeah. I, like, I know. Oh, I should pull the picture.
2: <laughs> That'll be your picture for the for the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, for the cover photo. <laughs> um, and so I went to college, went to LSU, and I studied biology, and I did all the things and took all the hard classes, organic chemistry, boo, like all that stuff, <laughs> all the hard things. And even though, like, it was hard. I remember just staying up late, crying, being like, is this really what I want to do? Like, is this, do I really want to be a doctor? Because the things that I'm doing is hard. But I'm very stubborn and I like do not give up very easy. So I stuck with it. And then um, I applied to medical school. I took the MCAT, which is an eight-hour test. Yeah. Took that. I did it three times. Okay. So that means I applied. Medical school three times and I got a no every time. I did all the things. I did extracurricular activities. I like did things outside of school. I also did school. I did everything. Um and I got no's. And so after my second no, I was like, okay, maybe if I go get a master's at the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans, which is a Catholic um college. Um, like if I have a master's, I, you know, will get into med school because they could see that I'm serious and that, you know, I can make good grades with challenging courses. And I did. I did my master's in like a year and a half and I took all the hard classes that you would take in medical school your first year. I did that. Did great. I applied the last time and they were like, no. And I was like, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Do they give,
1: when they say no do they give reasons they do is not it just like so it just it just no
0: it's just sorry like we're unable to grant you like admission something oh. along those lines and um if you want you can request and i was never brave enough to request like no because i think deep down i knew that i don't think this is what i was meant to do but i mm-hmm. was very i'm very stubborn like i'm because i was like I I never give up easy. I'm like persevere and I'm like I'm not going down that easy, you know. And like, um, so like the whole time during between college and my master's, it was a lot of like discerning. It was like I would do well, and I'm like you know thankful, and I'm like praying, and I'm thankful, I'm grateful. Then the times when I do terrible on a test, I'm like oh my gosh, like, this is not what God wants me to do. I don't know why. Like, I studied so hard, but God won't let me have this, right? That's like a natural, like, human thing. It's like, if I'm praying and I'm putting in the effort, then why is the result not, you know, what we want? And so reflecting on that time, and um, I realized, like, God is not is always there. He doesn't not give you things, if that makes sense. He just gives it to you at the right time. And the reason being, so reflecting, during that time when I was discerning medical school, I was getting no's. I was doing a lot of great other things, right? I was able to go on three mission trips. I was able to do retreats. I was able to go back to Stony Point to the retreat center and like do core team and all these things. But at the time I was like, I'm doing all these things, but God won't let me go to medical school. Like I don't (laughs) want me to help people, you know? And, um, and I was like, this is so bizarre. And I was like, I just don't understand what, like, why it's so easy for other people to, you know, get their job and get into school and do all these things. And here I am still just learning. And this is what's right for me. When I knew this in my heart that I wanted to help people and I wanted to do it with medicine. And, you know, I just this is how I'm going to live out, how to live my life to the fullest, how I'm going to be happy, holy and healthy. Um, so during my master's, I got a job at Children's Hospital. And very slegian of me to just go to a children's hospital. And, just start. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and so I was a cast tech. And what I do is when a kid breaks a bone, they would, you know, go to the orthopedic clinic. And then if they needed a cast, they would come into our room and then we would cast them up and things like that. But it necessarily doesn't have to mean um, if it's broken. It could be if they had some like, disability, or like they were born with a bone malformation or things like that. Um, so I saw a lot of different families and a lot of different children from low income to families that were really well off to like, even like a minor celebrities kid, like, so like all kinds of things. Um, and what I realized is that I would see some of the same families and patients over and over and over again and i really enjoyed talking to them and then i was able to say things like how was your math test last week that you were like freaking out about they're like i got an a and like they're so happy that i remembered and that they were like just so excited that you know this lady that works at the clinic like probably doesn't even know my name like but sees me recognizes me and like cares about me because she remembered something that i told her last week um so I really liked the social aspect of medicine and just getting to know patients and their families and making them laugh because I'm just a goof. <laughs>
2: um
0: and so I really started to pray and discern um and I was like is medicine still a thing for me? Um Is being a doctor a thing for me still? Um, And then COVID hit (laughs) while I was discerning. And um, in the hospital, like the clinic shut down. So then I got a new job. So I was still thankful I had a job still. And I was the candy cart girl for 10 hours a day. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I had a cart full of snacks. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And I would go to every single floor in the hospital throughout 10 hours and like to different departments and like executives offices and things like that throughout the whole hospital and just like hand out snacks, just to make people smile because COVID was a really hard time for everyone. And so every time I go on the floor, everyone was so excited to see me, um, especially the nurses. So I got to see them all the time and see what they did. Um, and I really started to like pray for the patients there and pray for the nurses that were working and the doctors, cause it was a hard time. And the only way I could process the severity of everything was through praying and just saying like, God, get us through the end. Like, please like get rid of this terrible thing. Like just heal all these people, you know, um, And so one of my best friends went to nursing school and she's like, why don't you just do it? I think you'd be a great nurse. I think you have the personality and you're obviously smart enough to do it. So why not? And so, um, again, discerning, praying, is this right for me? Um, And I remembered something from a retreat that I went to ESL with Sister Teresa and I think it was Sister Elfie too that was there, but it was like, she gave us a chart and in e- it was like three squares. And it was like, what are the things that mean most to you? In one box, write down, family, friends, whatever it is. Write down every single job title or like vocation or like whatever, whatever you wanna be on the side whether it's a doctor, a mom, um, like veterinarian, like just all the things that you thought you wanted to be. And then at the bottom, write down like your values, like look at your values and look at the jobs that you wrote down and see like if they match. And so like, I kind of did that again, (laughs) (laughs) like on my own time. And I was like, man, all the signs kind of point to like nursing. I was like, I think you know, I talked to family and friends, and uh, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna apply, and if I get in, I get in. I don't, no big deal. I really like where I am, like as a cast tech, and God will show me, like where to go. And so I got into nursing school. Yay! (laughs) At that (laughs) point, um, it was very hard like two years, um, because I did an accelerator program. But that was a long journey, and I'm kind of rambling on. But looking back, there are ups and downs, but there's more ups than downs than you realize. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So during my time of discernment, I was able to create all these friendships, like with Amy, with Vicky, with Father Steve, kind of, he was Bosco, <laughs> Bosco Beats at the time, but like all these beautiful friendships and experiences during my time of discernment helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah, um, and I'm super thankful for that. Um, and
1: so when now, you, when you okay. graduated, like when you graduated high school, so you did four years of high school, then you did four years at LSU, mm-hmm. and then you did. How many years? Then two years of graduate school?
0: A year and a half, yeah. Yeah, a year and a half. Of
1: graduate school? And then you took a break working and then you went back to another two years of, for nursing school?
0: I did. Wow. Yeah. And it was a lot like, Let's go. Just perpetual student. Yeah. And
3: can it we talk sense. about the three eight-hour tests that you put yourself
0: through again and again and again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. for, for
3: perseverance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 the best thing. But um yeah it was and it was like an overspan of 10 years
1: yeah
0: since high school and it's a lot and whenever i go back and work with the um high school students i always they're always like man i really don't know what i want to do with my life and i giggle a little bit because i'm like it's okay like you have time yeah you know and um and so I'm hoping that whoever's listening, that they realize that not every journey is very, like, linear, right? Yeah. It's very curvy. It's very ups and downs and all that stuff. And I hope they don't get discouraged when they get their first no. Because um, it sucks getting the first no, but even worse, getting three. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll send so them to you if they get
2: let us know yeah. if you're getting three three nose and we'll send them your way.
0: Keep going. And um now working as a nurse and um reflecting on my journey to get here. Um I can't help but think, okay, the whole entire time I'm thinking how can I best serve God and be his hands and feet on earth? Right. And doing the job I have now as a nurse. I that's exactly what I do every day. Yeah. Um, I feel that you know I go into work right before I walk through those doors. I'm like, God, please heal every patient that I come in contact with today. Um, Bless them. You know, give them grace. You know, show them mercy. Anything like, I don't know what's coming through those doors, and I just need you there. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes the situations can be really tough, and sometimes it could be just a little sniffle and You know, they just need a little medicine and they go home. Um, And like, I'm literally the face that they see constantly in there. And um, whether it's like, I'm literally, sometimes I'm literally washing their feet, which is crazy. Because that's what Jesus did. Like, he's like, Like, that's how like, sometimes I'm literally washing feet or like (laughs) washing hands or like, you know, all the dirty work. And I was like, man, I was like, this is like what it means to be like a servant.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and like, this is how I can best be God's hands and feet on earth. Like being here with these families, like easing fears and, you know, they come in and they're sick and they leave and they feel a lot better and they're happy and they all want stickers. That's <laughs> not- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, imagine if... You know, Jesus healed people and then gave a sticker. Give <laughs> <Hi, laughs> feel so happy today. <laughs> Be like, here's your sticker. <laughs> um,
1: I got a question, though. I don't know. Yeah. Does either of you have questions before I ask my question? No,
0: ask your question.
1: Because uh, I, I think it's very relatable. I think most people go into college. They have, okay, some people go into college like I did. I had no idea what I wanted to do. But a lot of people do go into college with this idea of this is what I want to do, this is what I'm going to study. And so it seemed like from a very, even from high school, like you knew that it was medicine and then doctor, and that's really what you wanted to do. But then I think a lot of people could relate to the fact of it's not going exactly the way we want to, or I'm starting to like question, is this really what I want to do? Or maybe I still really want to do this, but it's like, maybe I don't have the gifts, or maybe I am getting no's, or maybe there's circumstances in my life that's okay financially, or there's a ton of things that happen in people's lives that kind of move them away from the direction that they had planned. And so when you tell your story, for me it's, I kind of see like the merging of of somewhat letting go of one kind of dream and then kind of surrendering and allowing this other thing to come up. But I feel like there would be a battle at times and it, you expressed it a little bit of like, you're not gonna give up, persevering, um, but like this acceptance and this surrender and letting go and allowing for something beautiful to come your way that's really going to fulfill you and that you're happy doing. But at the same time, it's like letting go of this other dream that you've had for so long. So I don't know if you could speak a little bit to that reality of, because I think there are a lot of young people who go through that of not necessarily getting what they want or things are, their life is not turning out the way that they want it to turn out, or they're not getting the job or the degree that they're kind of set out to do. And, and how you discern through that and how you accept that, how you pray through that, how you, I don't know. So I don't know if you can speak a little bit on, it's a, not really a question, but whatever. Oh. Speak on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it was difficult. It took a lot of patience. It took a lot of prayer. And it took a lot of, like, listening. Um, so I know I would go to – anytime I would feel discouraged or, like, truly lost – in those moments where I felt like... like God was like, "This is not for you." but in the moments where I'm like, "No, no, no, like it's for me." Like, you know, like, <laughs> I'll tell I you, think, God." <laughs> I was like, "I think you. I think you're kidding.. <laughs> like, this is you. But in those times where I felt discouraged or um, like lost, it was adoration but it was 30 minutes and at LSU it was, we had adoration. I think we had a perpetual adora- adoration and then we had like once a week with like live music. Um, but it would be the silence where I would pray and I would just listen. Um, and that's something that took a lot out of me because I don't like silence much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I feel like that's where you hear God the most. And I had to challenge myself. I had to be like sitting there and just listen and not think about anything and just let, you know, just pray. Like I would do structured prayer um, because I force myself to do it because then it helps me not wander. Like it helps me not to think about like I know what I have to say. So I'm not one, my thoughts aren't wandering. So then I'm sitting in silence and I, you know, I'm listening. Um, And so that was a really hard part of my life. And that was like towards the end of my years at LSU and then into my master's um, where I was really just discerning and like losing, not losing faith. Well, losing faith in the process, but not losing like my faith. Losing faith in the process, really thinking, like, I have no idea what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and how, I don't know what God wants me to do. Um, and so, honestly, praying and being patient is how I got through those years and having friendships, too. Yeah. like, somewhat, Like, people that you can rely on to just listen. Is important too especially friends in faith right so during those years i went to a lot of retreats i did a lot for aol um i did a lot with shaw um and that kind of helped me stick to my faith and then help me regain trust in the process again yeah Does that makes sense
1: no it definitely makes sense and you know because i also heard it as you were describing your story of of, of wanting to be a person of service and then putting that into action. So going on the retreats, helping out the Salesians, either up here at Stony Point in our retreat center, on core team, or down in the schools down there. And for me, it fits perfect with the gospel, you know that he puts his servants in charge. Uh, and sometimes that's, for some people, that could be a harsh word. Like, I don't want to be a servant, but that's really what we're meant to do. We're meant to serve. And so recognizing that uh, if we continue being people of service, I think that is one of the best ways to discern what we're supposed to do with our life. You know, to If we're constantly thinking only of myself and I'm just obsessed with finding out what I'm supposed to do and I'm so kind of enclosed in my own world and just trying to figure out, um, you know, we need to think of ourselves, we need to take care of ourselves, all that kind of stuff. But if I'm just like really obsessed only with myself and I'm only thinking about like my career and just doing things for myself, a lot of times we're going to end up alone and, and sad. But for you, like it was beautiful to hear your story of okay, I'm I'm struggling, uh, things are not going my way, I'm I'm not getting into med school, I'm stressed, whatever, and yet I'm still helping out at AOL, I'm still helping out at Shaw, I'm still have great friends and going on retreats and whatever gospel roads and doing mission service or or whatever you did over these years. So you weren't, you know, it wasn't like a pity party, and it was just all by yourself. But you were out there serving and being generous, and I think that's. For me, it's a really important part of, of discerning what you're supposed to do with your life. And so I think you're a good, you're a really good example of, of what to do because I think it's so common for us to not exactly get what we want. And some people turn in on themselves and kind of play the victim mode and why me, why me? And other people, okay. Okay. It's a tough time, but I'm still going to, I'm still going to participate. I'm still going to go out there. I'm still going to serve people. So I think you're, yeah, you're a great witness.
3: Yeah, I really appreciated that part of your story as well, when you were talking about all the different things that you got to do, because so many times that feels like wasted time. Um, Like maybe I eventually find my life's purpose, but like I wasted all these years and I have to hurry and society expects me to be in a certain place. So it's like this rush. And then looking back at, oh, all these years were wasted until I got to where like I can now feel like society would approve of where I am. But how you kind of can reflect back now that all those things that happened weren't just steps to get you to like your life's purpose, but were really part of like that life's purpose. So they were opportunities for you to serve, but like they were also these gifted moments from God to you, like in that present moment, like it it was grace. It wasn't to get you somewhere else, but like also in that moment was in and of itself enough, but It doesn't maybe feel like that at the time, but like, I really appreciated when you were kind of looking, when you were reflecting back on it as those were the opportunities as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like in those moments, like God's given you little rewards that add up to your big reward. So Mm -hmm. like, like when I used to babysit, like I used to like make her do her homework, like the little girl, and she would have to read a sentence and she'd get one marshmallow. And then write like, the next sentence to get another marshmallow. So, like those little moments were like God's little marshmallows to me, right? Like, here's a little marshmallow. Like, keep going. Like, you're gonna get a big marshmallow soon. Um, but yeah, it was it was a challenging time, and you know, I just really encourage people to just keep going and just really trust trust the process because. Yeah. You will find, or God will put you where you need to be at the right time, and things will fall into place at the right time, um, and that's all part of His will that you know we're constantly trying to figure out all the time, yeah. but we don't have to. We can just live it and yeah. just it happen. Yeah.
1: And I think that's okay. I will let Vicky speak because I know what she wants to say, <laughs> but but I think that's for me that's the big thing because sometimes we say everything's going to be fine, everything's going to fall into place, but if you don't live it, or right, if you're not participating in life. If you're not actually being generous and serving and searching and discerning and praying and asking questions and like actually doing the work i don't think it necessarily is going to fall into place if we just sit at home watch tv hang out and expect things to come our way it's not gonna it's not gonna do it right it's not gonna you need to get out there you need to get involved you need to go on experiences you need to get out of your box you need to like you need to really live life and for me you know i'm a vocation director now trying to help people discern and and for me it's if you're sitting behind your computer just looking up religious orders and writing emails you're never going to figure it out Mm -hmm. like you need to go and participate in your parish you need to go on mission trips you need to go uh on see weekends you need to get involved and actually like feel life and feel what's going on and feel the pulse of people and get involved Uh, and that's the only way because you never know you know just okay you had a friend who suggested but also you had these experiences of like the social aspect of medicine. For me, that's all because you were willing to take jobs that maybe weren't great. Like, I don't know how many people wanted to be Candy Jane like walking around with the snacks. And like
2: overqualified to be a cast tech.
1: Yeah, like you like on the verge of medical school and you're... Uh, and so, then candy,
2: yeah, yeah. candy cart. Like, that's crazy.
1: So it's just a beautiful, for me, again, like your story is a beautiful witness of, yeah, mm-hmm. of perseverance, but just like living, living through life, and being able to watch and pray like you you did exactly what we're trying to do at advent you know you were able to kind of be part of the process and watch and pray and wait and still live with hope and all of these things and now it's beautiful to see that you're a happy nurse about to get married um yeah still involved the legion family all of these things so it's really that's for me beautiful to to see and to to reflect on
2: and then I think also with humility, like that. Yeah. I mean, really, I'm overeducated for those jobs. Um, like that's like a yeah. So just wild that part. But, um, you had mentioned it, and then Father Steve brought it up too of just um yeah like you invited other people in, um, like to your like discernment. And so just a question for maybe okay somebody that's listening to it. Um, yeah, how did you invite other people in? Because maybe sometimes it's a lot of voices or whatever. But deciding like I'm gonna. Like, talk to people about what they think, like, how are my gifts and talents going to be, like, best served or what you're going through or the struggle? Because, like, that also, okay, like, those are hard to hear personally, but also, like, that public rejection of, like, people are asking. People know you studied for the MCAT, and they're like, did you get in? Did you get a 503 score? Whoever, whatever it is. Um, But, like, you have to be like, no, I didn't. And then you're going to be like, I'm going to try again. No, I didn't. And I'm going to try again. And no, I didn't. So, yeah, just, like, what did that look like? Inviting people in and also... Inviting people into like that discernment and like being confident in your answer and choices to, to like continue moving forward.
0: Yeah. Um, I think me personally, as like a person, I like, <laughs> once something's bothering me, like I have to say it. And then once I say it, it's gone. Um, and so having very close friends that like I go to church with, like all the time. Like I saw Tony all the time because we went to mass together all the time. And
1: Tony's gonna be her husband.
0: <laughs> <cousin. So, laughs> yeah, I should mention that. He's- <laughs> Hi, <Tony>. um, <laughs> yeah, I know. You might listen to this one. Oh I man, anyway. <laughs> 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 like Tony was a big support because um we obviously did the leadership retreat together, did young team together. And I think we were forced to be friends um and do things together as and forced AOL. him
1: to be friends? Well, <laughs> no,
2: it was Jerry. Oh, it was Brother Jerry and Father. <laughs> yeah.
0: And um, you know, as AOL alumna and Shaw alumni, like, you know, to be representatives of that. Um, so his friendship was important in that he saw me studying and struggling and like crying all the time. <laughs> and then even like friends who were in the same field, like to see them excel. And then I was like making C's, sorry, <laughs> mom. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they were making A's and I was like making C's. And I was just like, I don't understand what's happening here. Um, and having to confide in them be like, hey, like I need help or like I'm struggling or I don't know if I can do this was a very humbling experience because they're all not doctors now, <laughs> and, um, which is great. I love that. <laughs> for them. Because now looking, I was like, "There's no way." (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was definitely humbling, but to find those friendships rooted in faith and to have someone that was just like willing to listen and then will empathize with you is super important. Um, It's also hard to say too, like, "Hey, I'm struggling," and having that fear of like judgment, and so, but. I was just type of person's like, I just have to say it and I'll just take the backlash later kind of thing. Um, and so also inviting, telling people who like, don't understand that are from the outside of like this whole medical school process was also hard too, because they're not understanding that they could say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, is there anything I could do? I was like, yeah, I could take this test for me. Like, I don't <laughs> 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 um, I, Like, fill out this application for me, but it was tough, but it was also easy because the people, like the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways and puts people in your life that are willing to listen and will willing to help you. And so I guess it was easy for me to walk up to someone or meet someone new and be like, hey, like, how are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm struggling, but let's talk about it. <laughs> You know, and then that other person's like, you know what, I'm struggling too, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, and that's how like I mean, I met you and like Amy. Um and stuff. And you know, I don't know. Like it helps to be very open and to be brave about yeah. your
2: feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Amen. Thank Any
1: last questions for yeah. Megan?
3: I just have uh, one more comment on what you shared as well. I really appreciate that you took such a Slesian approach to the field that you entered into. And maybe it's easy, like you were saying, like some days, like I'm literally washing feet. So maybe some careers are easier to be like, oh, well, this is like so many different Christian elements. But the fact that you chose to be the nurse that's going to form relationships with people that is going to make a note to remember things that's shared with you so that they can feel seen, so that they can feel loved. Um, like you said, you know, uh, choosing a children's hospital, like all those things, like you were very intentional with where you were being called to, but to bring that Silesian identity. And then also that you're taking care of them physically, but that you bring that spiritual aspect with you of praying for them. And that's something that can easily be done in any field that I feel like is overlooked a lot. It's like, oh, how can I be slesian in this field? And like, what can I do? Am I engaging with young people? But it's like also just that aspect of bringing the prayer. So I was really like, it was moving to see like how you actually still incorporate the slesian aspect and the spiritual aspect, your faith into like so many deeper levels that people may take for granted that they can incorporate into their own fields as well.
2: I agree. I think that's one of my like favorite stories you've told is the one where everybody was moving so fast. Remember you talked about was it a code? Yes, it was. If you want to tell it, but it was so good. If you want to say it,
0: I'll be really quick because I feel like this podcast is the longest. It's
2: okay. It's okay.
0: (laughs) But um, yeah. So I'm glad you brought up that story at the ICU because I think it'll put this whole podcast into like perspective. Um, so in nursing school I went I was my last semester, one of my last semesters.
2: It was um, I think it was yeah, I think it was last. last fall. Last fall or something or yeah.
0: And uh I was in the ICU and I honestly loved the ICU. I loved it. Um and people are like, why? It's so sad, like people are dying out there. Um and I was like, Yeah, but like They don't have the spirituality aspect, so, like, I didn't really know how to say it. But I was like, you know, like, what a blessing it is to see someone go from here to heaven. You know, like, what a beautiful thing. And I've always saw a hospital as a place of hope anyway, because it's where people get better. Or if people pass, they go to heaven. Um, And I'm just going to assume everyone goes to heaven just like dogs. And so,
2: um,
0: Our cats, no. you know, or, or cats, so bunnies, bunnies do or bunnies. Yes. Sorry. Or like, that- I don't know about my bunny. I'll pray for him though. <laughs> <laughs> but in my ICU experience, the first day I was there, there was a code. And when there means there's a code, that means that someone's pulse has stopped or someone has stopped breathing. Um, and they need immediate like medical attention. And in that room, I stood on the outside because I was like, I'm just a nursing student. I know nothing. And so um, they had all these doctors go in, all the nurses. And, you know, they're doing compressions and, you know, and everyone's moving and everyone's communicating and everyone has a role and everything was just smooth. Everyone knew what they had to do. But there was at least 20 people in that room saving this one life. Like how beautiful that twenty people are working together to save one soul. And I was just like so moved because I was like, "What is happening?" And like I saw like the pulse, like will start and then it would stop, and then they would like do things and then it would go again. And I was just like, "This is crazy!" Because he's going literally from here to heaven, like just back and forth, like <laughs> and um. You know, fortunately, they were able to revive him and everything. Um, but I, I like thought about it, and I was like, this unit alone in the intensive care unit—that's what ICU means. If I, I forgot to clarify earlier, but mm-hmm. in the ICU, you have the sickest of the sick. And what a blessing and honor it was for me to be able to see things like this happen—to see these souls go to heaven, or to see these people, like, you know. Be prayed for because there's a chaplain that would come around and pray in every room whenever I was there and I don't know it was just a very holy floor to me but like Vicky was like asking me earlier like how do you share with people and I did not share anything with my group because I was like I don't know what religion or like whatever it's a whole group of girls and but, like, I was able to share with other people from the outside who understand the faith or who understand or who know me personally. Um, and it was just beautiful. And I, I, like, really loved that aspect. And that's when really, like, medicine I, changed perspective for me again was in that moment at ICU. And that's when I knew, like, as a nurse, I need to pray for my patients I need to pray for their families, especially where I am. I'm not treating just the little baby. I'm treating mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, like all the people in there. Um, in that moment, I was like, a hospital is a place of holiness. And I need to be part of that. I need to add to it. I need to participate. And um, I don't know. It was just a very moving experience for me. And. You know, like that's when I realized like my job as a nurse is not just a job. It's like my vocation. Like this is how I'm going to live out being a nurse, being a salesian being like maybe a mom one day, like hopefully, and like being wife, all in one. Like this is how you live it out every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um beautiful.
1: That is (laughs) great. That's gonna be the line. That's the title of the hospital is a place of holiness. I think that's the that's the title for for the podcast. Um, but as we kind of finish, uh, first, uh, thank you, Megan, very much for mm-hmm. for sharing beautiful story, beautiful witness. Um, I don't know if anybody has like a challenge for the for people out there, for our listeners, for first week of Advent. If you want to throw anything out there,
3: what are you doing? I just have a what I'm doing the whole time. I'm what are you doing the whole
2: time, Amy?
1: Oh, uh, what are you going to, like, what are you going to do for Advent? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And and encouraging much, a challenge. Do you have, do you have a yeah. one-week
2: challenge
1: for people? No, I think it's just uh, for whoever's listening, whether you are currently working or whether you're studying or thinking about changing jobs or maybe not happy with your job. Um, just like a question, I think, for Advent of this, like, watching and praying and recognizing that we are here to work. So it's good that we're working. Uh, a job can be sanctifying, like, mm-hmm. uh Megan is saying, like if we take our job seriously and recognize how many souls we're, we're crossing every day and how many people we can really help by the way we treat them and pray for them and think about them and do acts of service for them, that we can really do that in every place that we are. So just thinking about your day-to-day life, whether you're a student or working or wherever you are, um, this kind of Advent season of watching and praying can be a like a moment of renewal. So maybe this week, just looking at your day, looking at how many people cross your path every day and like how many how often are you praying? How many people are you praying for? How many acts of service are you doing um so I would, for me that would be a good challenge for this week um to kind of think about your your job, whether that's student or actual like professional working um, but are you are you living out the faith where you are are you praying? are you like yeah doing acts of service um, in your place of work and uh and then discerning like trying to take that all in and, and allow god to, to give you what you're give you the big marshmallow that you
0: <laughs> he wants
1: to, he wants to give ultimate you ultimate marshmallow <laughs>
0: ultimate marshmallow um
1: so yeah, maybe just real quick uh to go through what what were you going to do you want to say that to anybody or maybe just Amy you want to share what you're doing I for Advent? i feel
3: like i can't top your challenge though no. well, now, it's a challenge now, now, it's... now my my personal advent seems very pitiful
1: <laughs> well no this is just a challenge according to the the reflection, the gospel but, of Father Steve. No, okay.
0: <laughs> so I've never heard of that one.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, he's blushing.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing you're gonna do. So the thing that I'm gonna do this year is I actually did it last year, but I really loved it for Advent. Um, I think I did a couple things, but the one I'm gonna do this year is having like meals actually intentionally to like spend that time actually being present to God in my life. Um, cause I usually like have dinner at a different time than my husband. So a lot of times I'll just be on a screen or something like that, eating very unintentionally. But I really appreciated last year. Like I had my advent wreath and I like actually prayed or sang a song and then just spent that time like being with God. And so that was an easy way to try to like have this scheduled time with God every day that maybe I don't always intentionally have. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Mine's gonna, I'm trying.
2: Uh, it's, we'll see. This is test week. I'm gonna try to go to mass every day. Um, so we'll see. So that the, the Even Saturdays. Re- yeah, Wow. that's the one that's really getting me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy. I can just, well, you know, it's easy to wake up for work. Let's what put about a quotation a, around that.
1: What then. about when you go down to
2: Miami? I know. Ooh. You're telling me, do I have a car every day? We'll see. I'm really, those are, you're asking all the really tough questions that I've asked myself every night when I set my alarm to wake up early and come to work early. Um, yeah, so this is my test week. It's been day three, made it to mass and I really... I even sent Amy a text message this morning, and I was like, you "I think I'm to going." In. Yeah, I was like, "I think I'm going to go to Mass at Slesien High School," and I was like, "Victoria, get up!" And I <laughs> then she sent me a my eyes. Yeah, and I fully was already dressed and <laughs> eyebrows glued to my face. Um, so yeah, so that's my challenge for myself, uh, and really, it's about the readings because I, yeah, so inconsistent. This uh, is her Mass plan. Yeah, that's my Mass plan, and then the at, the little added is like trying to pray evening prayer each night. No night prayer not evening night prayer um each night before i go to bed so that's my, that's what i'm gonna try to do nice. try to read the readings that lead us to jesus's birth
1: you want to share anything megan Did you think about your advent yet
0: i was not fully prepared but i'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding we do have problems sorry no, no no you're good i actually have thought of something um i've been trying to do this but now i'm going to be more intentional about doing it um is taking either like a phrase or like a word from the gospel every week every sunday and try to incorporate that into my days throughout the week love that Um, don't know how but kind of like alexia just whatever word kind of pops out at me like or a phrase like that's what i'm gonna try to do that day it's right on the back of your hand yeah yeah yes <laughs> or so just I to do it or just try to live it every day, whatever it is.
2: Love it.
0: Word is this or that or yeah. a. <laughs> hey, <laughs> live it every out.
2: day. Hey, i <laughs> just well, he, do you have a do challenge it. for yourself?
1: uh I think just be more, yeah, you know, like more reflective. um I don't know. I just feel like everything's set up for me as a religious. We have everything there for us. And so to add something, <laughs> so, okay, I am focusing on food. Like I'm just cutting back on, I don't want to. I don't want to be fat
2: i wasn't even like trying to go there i, I know wasn't even thinking I about that So i am there.
1: i am just like working on food and how much i eat and like that kind of stuff so there's some of that but i think for me it's it's always just do do what i'm supposed to do and just be intentional so really really focus on being there for meditation and taking the whole time and, and doing the lexio divina and mass and uh, the breviary and just being more intentional about what i'm supposed to do uh, because like everything is my day is already filled with so many beautiful things that if i just did them the way that i'm supposed to do them every day like it just makes a huge difference so advent is a good refresher a good uh take it all in i'm also going through like my drawers and getting rid of uh some shirts and some things just Gosh, kind of simplify, cool. simplify It's cleaning to you. help you cleaning my room i do suggest yeah. it everybody before the start of advent deep clean, deep clean, throw away stuff. Happy death. Happy death.
3: For your happy death. Yes. Refer to episode.
1: Put your shoes, put your shoes shoes where they're supposed to be. Clean the, clean out the drawers, get rid of some stuff, clean the rooms, the corners, the everything.
2: Get rid of your memories. memories.
1: Yeah. Delete all memories.
2: Delete all pictures (laughs) and text messages. Anyways, (laughs) this
1: is going too much about me now. Let's finish it up here Uh, again. Thank you, Megan. We're going to ask you as we always do to lead us out in prayer. Um yeah, so why don't you go ahead and do that?
0: Thanks, Meg. Um in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this time to spend together in friendship and in conversation, um, and giving us things to share about and to help others get to heaven. Um, just full of gratitude. And we pray in name. Our Father, for it in heaven, hallowed be thy name. name
3: thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
2: Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
0: Mary, help the Christians. Pray, pray for, for us. John Bosco. Pray, pray for, for us. Mary, Mazzarella. Pray, pray, pray for us. May Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Megan. Thank you
1: so much, Thanks. Megan. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, good luck this Advent season. Happy, Keep, Advent. Happy Advent. It's coming up soon. Happy New Year. And uh, we get to light
0: your candle purple. <laughs> <laughs> we get
1: a wreath. Yeah, that is a good idea, actually. Make a little wreath in your room or your house. Do the, do the little things. Your prayer space. They make a big difference. Yeah, Make a big difference. The symbols, the candles, the lights, the scripture reading, all that good jazz. So...
0: Uh, Never said that ever before. loving the jazz. He's feeling the New Orleans.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah,
0: Bob, he's he's like,
1: maybe that's what it is.
0: <laughs>
2: We're doing jazz hands here, everybody. You can't see us, but we are.
1: I have the power to edit. All right, bye. Bye, <laughs> everybody. Bye, everybody. We'll see you
2: next time. Bye, week. love Frank, you. you. Bye.
0: Bye. bye.